right? I want to bring our attention now into the, the series we've been doing. Uh, really, it's a series that we're looking at the topic of discipleship, but the sub-theme is really learning to lean on Jesus, learning to lean on Jesus. And it's, it's my intention not to go through all the, the different intricacies and, uh, you know, just kind of go through itemizing each part of the Sermon on the Mount, but I'm taking the Sermon on the Mount, chapters 5, 6, and 7 of, of, the, of the Gospel account of Matthew in, in, in some huge chunks. And so uh, a couple of weeks ago, we, we spent some time looking at chapter number 5, where we spoke about trusting the process. Uh, uh, and, and before I go on, let me just, let me just say this, and I, it, it doesn't, I, don't, I don't have to do it because, you know, it's, it's not like I'm trying to just make a big deal out of it, but I really want to make a big deal out of it. I just want to say, uh, you know, I just want to give my heartfelt gratitude and thanks to Shane uh, for a marvelous job. Let me, let me come on this side. I heard yes on this side. I, 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 wanna, I just want to give, you know, just big gratitude to Shane for what a marvelous job. Maybe it's my accent. Marvelous, marvelous. For, for what a, a superb, let me... <laughs> An excellent job that he did on, on last week. Uh, this, it, it, it wasn't just his preparation. You could tell his pre preparation was well done. It was the heart of the person in allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and to guide him. Uh, a lot of people have things that they want to say, but some people actually have things to say. And, and I think Shane had something to share with us that was really so potent and so vital on last week. He had me shouting in my car driving back last week. You know, I, 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 was, I was shouting in my car. And so if you have not viewed, this is, I really want to make a plug for this. If you have not viewed last week's service, I want to encourage you to go and view that, view that, that message. Uh, it will bless your life. It will bless your life. And I just want to say thank you so much for Shane. Uh, you know, he's a man of many talents. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, William. <laughs> he's, he's uh, you know, something, it's, it's okay. He, he, he's a man of many talents. And uh, I, I think underneath the many talents that he have, God is really trying to show him, you're, you're, you're a preacher, uh, you're a preacher too. Amen. Shane, you're a preacher too. Shane, you're a preacher too. <laughs> and so I just want, to, just want you to be aware that if, if ever I need someone again to fill this spot, uh, you, you will be called upon. My, my friend, it's, it's, not, it's not an easy job to stand here and present a message to God's people. You, you are always on display, but apart from you being on display, you submit yourself to allowing God's word to be on display. And so I'm, 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 really, I'm, I'm really grateful for Shane. You, you really blessed me. If, if you didn't bless anybody else, you blessed me by, by the word you shared on last week. In chapter 5, we spoke about trusting the process. In verses 48, in particular, of chapter 5, Jesus would call the attention of the audience to grow as he utters the word, Therefore, you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is himself perfect. The therefore is a call to action on the part of the audience, which was meant 
to have them walk with Jehovah, not in the way that they were currently walking, but in a way that was reflective of individuals who had a true relationship with God Almighty. So Jesus would talk about misplaced anger in verse number 21. He would go on to talk about unchecked lust in verse number 27. He would talk about frivolous divorces in verse number 31, even to making unnecessary oaths. He would go on even to elaborate on justifiable or what we'll consider to be self-justifiable retaliation in verse number 38. This is all in chapter 5. But ultimately, he climaxes this section of his sermon with an, an ultimate call for love. So he would say, love your enemies in verse number 44 and pray for those who persecute you. But, but don't miss the comma that comes at the end of verse number 44 because in verse number 45, after he, he makes that statement and pray for those who would persecute you, he places a comma there. That, that, that simply means that the sermon isn't done yet. That, that, that simply means that, that, that there is a little bit more to say on the matter. So he says, love your enemies and, and pray for those who persecute you. Check this. So that, he says, you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good. And he sends the rain on the just and the unjust. So he concludes this section by saying, therefore, therefore be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. So everything I've said to you before, he says, as I've shown you these things, therefore. So in other words, this is what you are looking forward to. This is the goal and the objective of checking your anger, of checking your lust, of checking your relationships, of checking your word, of checking your retaliation, of checking your love so that you can be the sons of the Most High God. So Jesus challenges us to grow. And as he challenges us to grow, what he ultimately does is he stretches his followers, he stretches his disciples in a way that would have made them uncomfortable. Yes, sir. So that brings us to our text on this morning where we engage in chapter number six of the gospel of Matthew. And, and I want us to recognize as we, as we do this, I, I want to give a, a visual aid as it were to help us connect with the overall message that I'm hoping to share. But before we get to this text, I, I want you, if you don't mind, to make your way into the book of 1 Timothy chapter number 4. We're going to get to, to, to Matthew chapter 6 here in a little bit. But if you don't mind, just get for me 1 Timothy chapter 4, reading from verses 6 through 8. 1 Timothy chapter number 4, reading from verses 6 through 8. Where's Anolfo? All right, Anolfo, make your way up, bro. I'm going to use you. Make your way up. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to get some energy for this one. Do 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 some stretches in the meantime. I don't want you to pull a muscle. 
do, do some stretches. I'm serious. You're, you're gonna have to. Don't 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 blame me. It's 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 the Holy Spirit on this one. Having just concluded talking about where the man and the woman of God should really place their focus, as well as the character and the qualities that make a godly leader in the church. Paul now focuses attention on sharing with Timothy the inevitable departure from truth and his need to prepare not only himself, but church to stay rooted and grounded in faith. That's chapter number two, three, and the beginning part of chapter number four. So he comes now in verse number six of chapter four, first Timothy, to say these words. If you put these things before the brothers, I'm reading from the English Standard Version, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, Timothy. Being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Just as a side note, I, I want us to appreciate that there is such a thing still in the world that we are living in as good doctrine. Not, not, not every doctrine is good. Not every teaching is sound and contrary to what we find in Christendom where all you have to do is just put Jesus at the end of the sentence. Not every doctrine is pure. So Paul is encouraging Timothy to ready himself and get the church ready for a time when, when the believers or the so-called believers would not or no longer adhere to sound doctrine or truth. They would gather uh, to themselves teachers having itching ears. So he prepares the people of God to, to stay faithful, stay rooted and grounded. Say stay rooted. Stay rooted and grounded in truth and in faith. For to remain grounded in the faith is to stay rooted and grounded in the truth. I, I, I wish I had somebody who could put that on Facebook. To, to stay rooted and grounded in the faith is to stay rooted and grounded in the truth. Truth is still very much important in Christendom. But that was just by, by the wayside. He, he, he said to Timothy, uh, the doctrine where you have followed, verse number 7, have nothing to do, check this church, with irrelevant silly myths. Rather, he says, train yourself for godliness. I'm going somewhere with this. For a while, this is the, this is the English standard version, we'll put it this way, for, for a while bodily training is of some value. For those readers of the King James, it would say, for bodily exercise profiteth little. He says, for a while bodily training is of some value. Godliness is of value in every single way. As it holds promise for the present life and also for a life that is to come. Some abuse this text to the detriment of their own health and well-being. Claiming they don't need to exercise because the scripture says exercise doesn't profit much. But, but let, me, let me share this with you. That's, that's poor exegesis. If, if, if you are using this text to say, I don't need to exercise because the Holy Spirit through Paul said that body exercise profits little, then that's poor exegesis. That's a lazy reading of the text. That's self-justification. No, I... 
Let me move on. Let me move on. Paul in this text is actually refuting some myth and some philosophy, some religious ideas that, that, that the, the, the ancient world and people in this day and age would have had concerning the physical or fit body. There was a belief, particularly among the Greeks, that, that said if, if a person was physically fit, they, they would have had the ability physically to attain to some type of God status. So, so, so ladies, tell me if I'm wrong. You, when, when you see a, a, a picture of a, a man, a male, that's, that's well chiseled and, you know, he's physically fit. I don't mean to do this, ladies. Let's, let's, let's not get into the lust. Jesus talks about lust. But what you often hear is, is this man has the physique of a God, Right? That, 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 that's the terminology. He has the physique of a god. Or he, he looks like a Greek god. And so the more physically fit that male or even that female would be, the idea is that person would achieve some type of deification, even if it meant being a demigod. So the consensus was, the religious belief system was, the more physically fit you were, it didn't matter what type of life, what type of moral standard and value you had. If you were physically fit, you had the opportunity to attain to some type of godhood. But Paul is really refuting some of that ideology here. As he says to Timothy, bodily exercise has very little benefit. Now notice it doesn't say it has no benefit. Let me, let me, let me, let me, it, <laughs> the text does not say bodily exercise profits nothing. It says it profits little. And you know what Jesus could do with little. If he could take five loaves and some fishes and feed a multitude, guess what he could do with 13 minutes of pray, prayerful exercise? So it's not that exercise profits nothing, but, but Paul, through the Holy Spirit, is also refuting some ideologies and some myths that they would have upheld. Like, listen, the, the more physically fit you are, the closer you are to God. It's the whole idea of cleanliness. You know that kind of cliche, cleanliness is closer to godliness? Well, the, fit, the more physically fit you were, the closer you were to becoming some type of deity. So it didn't matter. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. Paul is, even in the statement, trying to refute the idea of the day that if you were just fit physically, it must mean that you are close to the gods. So you are highly favored. But Paul is saying, listen, it's not the idea of being physically fit or exercising physically that I want you to focus on. No, no, no. I want you to focus on the value of exercise, but it's not, it's not the physical exercise. It's the spiritual one. It's not, the, it's not being physically fit that is going to take you into heaven, but it's being spiritually fit that really matters. Your body eventually, no matter how fit you are, your body eventually is going to decay. Your body eventually is going to go from being in a position of being young and being strong and being cocky and being brash to one day being on the flip side of that. And so the body, the body actually has the ability, if we didn't know it, to, to grow older. And so as you grow older, you lose some of that physical fitness and that progress. But it does not mean that your spiritual man depletes. 
It doesn't mean that you are any farther away from being with God because you are not as physically fit as you used to be. So I want us to understand that this text should no longer be used as an excuse not to exercise. I think on the other side of this that exercise is good. Because I believe God has given us this body in order to do something with it. I believe when the scripture says that the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, he is, um, of course, talking about that physical, that spiritual, sorry, connection that we have with God. But it's also helping us to understand that if it's anything that God has given us power to manage, it's this. We think, well, we need to manage God's money. And what that means is we, we need to pay a close attention to how we spend God's money. We need to manage our families. And that means as husbands and as fathers, we need to really pay close attention to how we deal with our families. But what about our bodies? If the body, this physical body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, then, then doesn't that mean that we need to take care of this physical body? Uh, you, you, you guys... Uh, I don't want to make a soapbox out of this, nor is this a doctrine that I'm trying to make, but I want us to understand that, 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 that there is some benefit to us taking care of this thing that God has given to us. Amen. Before God gave you money, he gave you a body. Yes, Before you, God gave you a wife or a, a husband, God gave you a body. Before God gave you your children, God gave you your body. Before God connected you to his church, God gave you, you see in it now, God gave you and I our bodies. We need to take care. We need to take care. I, I, I wish I had some people to say amen. We need to take care amen. of this body. It's not just about the Dr. Peppers. Yes, but hear me and hear me well. If the thing that you're ingesting is the thing that changes or regulates your mood, something might be amiss. If you need, need, to have coffee in order for you to smile and to be courteous with folks, something might be amiss. If you need to take two, not one, glasses of wine so that you could talk to people with a smile on your face and be jolly, then something might be amiss. If you need to smoke 10 packs of cigarettes in order for you to feel well enough to go through your day, something might be amiss. So we need to pay close attention to how we treat this body. But recognize that how we treat the physical body is not the real focus of our relationship with God. So Paul says to Timothy, exercise yourself rather unto godliness because here is what godliness does. Godliness gives you not just temporary, momentary benefits, but it gives you benefits in this life and in the life that is to come. Godliness will help you when you're 10 years old. Godliness will help you when you're in your 20s. Godliness will help you in your singleness. Godliness will help you when you're married. Godliness will help you when you're going through that period of life, when the, 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 your cycle as a woman is drying up. Godliness will help you when you go through all stages and walks of this life. But it's not only beneficial in this life, it's also beneficial for the life. Or the age is really how it's translated, that is to come. So while bodily exercise does profit and does offer some type of benefit, it's only momentary at best. The real exercise and focus ought to be 
ungodliness, the spiritual man and woman of Almighty God. Let me, let me show you this and I'll, I'll be done. I want us to look at this text. And as we look at this text, I'm going to do like I did in chapter 5. I want us to look at this text kind of going backward. Because really what, what Jesus does in, in chapter number 6 is, is really some astounding stuff. And we could go through all the intricacies of all the different aspects that he deals with. But I want us to appreciate this as we look at this particular text. In verse number 33, he says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of heaven, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The things there he's talking about is, is really what we will consider to be the basic necessities of life. Food, clothing, shelter. Don't, don't be anxious because of what you will wear. Don't be anxious about what you will eat. Don't allow the physical necessities of life to so occupy your thoughts and minds that it worries you, right? So he says, but seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Verse number 34, therefore he says, you remember that therefore? Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow has enough wherewithal to worry for itself. He says sufficient for the day is the trouble. In other words, today has enough trouble for you to worry about. Stop worrying about things that you have no control over. Does anybody here know if they're going to awake to see tomorrow? We, we, we would love to, right? Anybody here would not love to get up and see tomorrow? Most of us have already made plans. Girl, I'm going to meet you at 9 a.m. tomorrow for, for breakfast. Boy, I'm going to meet you for lunch tomorrow. Meet me over at Sam's or meet me. We've already made plans for tomorrow. But how many of us are assured of actually waking up to see tomorrow? I could tell you there is one person that, know, that knows that, and that's only God. Only God knows if we're even going to make it back home this afternoon. So Jesus is trying to help his disciples to stay in the moment. Say, stay in the moment. He's trying to help them to recognize the value and the importance of the present. What it means to be alive now and the benefit of staying present. I like the, the phrase here, stay locked in. Stay locked in. Joe David, if you don't mind, just come and get, help, 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 help me get this out of the way. Now, Anolfo, I, I want to do this really quick. And also, you're the man. I'm going to have to call Wilson because this is Wilson's equipment. I don't know how to operate. This is sophisticated stuff here. This is sophisticated stuff here. Get, get down on that bench. All right? And also, this is all you. This is all you. Now, you're going to have to turn the next way, bro. Next one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Lie down. Go down flat. You would, you would think he hasn't done this before. But that's what nervousness does. You, you guys are watching him, so he's nervous. Yeah, I see. <laughs> so that's, that's 45 pounds. Really? It's like 10. He says, he says it's like 10. <laughs> I, want, I want you guys to hear this, right? It's like 10. Go ahead. 45 pounds. Mm-hmm. You move. Two. Come on, go ahead. Go ahead. What are you doing? You're working out. Three. Four. Five. Six, seven, eight, come on, nine, ten, all right, beautiful, come on. No, get up, get up, get up, all right. How did that feel? It feels good, right? All right, beautiful. Wilson, give him, give him the, 
Even if 65. Or the, or the 60. 65. Which? which? Go, no, no, no. Go the, go the next week. What's the next week? Go 45. Oh, so what was this? This wasn't 45? No, that's like 10. Oh, this was 10. Go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. Come on. One. Two. Come on. Three. Come on. Four. Come on. Five. Hey. Six. Seven. Pamela, you're feeling them good. Eight. Nine. Beautiful. Ten. All right. Beautiful, beautiful. Beautiful. You got one more set to do. No, 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 this, this is real. When, when you're training, when you're training and you're, you're, you're trying to develop or, or to build muscle or, or grow, that's, what, that's, that's really the theme of this. You, you, have to, you have to engage in what is called um, progressive weight. So, so if you expect and you want to grow in, in terms of what you could lift, you can't expect to push the same weight all the time. So you have to start at a comfortable weight. And we'll talk about some, some stuff in just a little bit. But you, in order for you to really grow, you have to continue adding weight. Now, I, I'll tell you, if he does this for the length of, of time that he is supposed to, he'll probably get up sore in the morning, which is to say, growth is uncomfortable. When, when, when you grow and you're growing right, it's, it's a painful thing. But again, Jesus says, I want you to stick with it because if you go through the pain, there's going to be a benefit at the end. All right? Are you done? No, you can't. This guy. This dude. You got one more set. You got one more set. No. You got one more set. He said, oh boy. You got, you got one more set. No, you felt the weight. I thought this was 45, but that was 10. Then, then, then you went to. Then, this is your whole then you went to forty-five. This is sixty-five. 65. Oh, you're shaking, bro. You're shaking. <laughs> it's shaking. You're, you're shaking. You're shaking. I'm helping you. You're, I'm helping you, right? You think you could push it? Yeah. Yeah. Do you need help? Uh, yes. Okay. All right. All right. Let's go up. Wilson is going to help you. Wilson is going to help you. Wilson only help him when he really needs it. Eh? All right. Come on, guys. One. Two. If you could see his face. Three. Come on. Four. Come on, bro. Five. Come on. Five more. Five more. Six. Come on. Seven. Come on. Nine. Come on, and all four. One more. One more. Hey. All right. Two body right here. One more, one more set. Guys, let me just share this with you. I, I, I don't have much time to do this, but let me just share these three points with you really quick. And the hope is that the visual will help you grasp at least these three points. All right? When we are learning to lean on Jesus. There are three things out of this text and this exercise I want us to appreciate. Number one, be coachable. 
We will not learn if we think we know it all. Be coachable says that in as much, Arnulfo, this is not the first time Arnulfo would have, would have done, he, he's exercised before. If you read chapter 5, a cursory reading of chapter 5, Jesus is talking about things that the people that he's talking to are well accustomed to doing. They were accustomed praying. They were accustomed fasting. Jesus, you're talking to people that have been fasting and praying all their lives. You're, you're talking to, to a nation that knows what it means to give alms. But it's one thing to do a thing. It's the next thing to do a thing right. All right. All right. So you could pray. But it's the next thing to learn a better and deeper way of praying. A more intimate way of praying. You could fast, but you could fast without, with, 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 with all the right motive. You could give but not have the right heart. It's one thing to do good deeds. It's the next thing to do good deeds right. So I need for us to be coachable. Don't, don't think, well, I've been, I've been doing this for so long. I know how to worship. Don't think I, I'm doing this for so long. I know how to praise. Don't think I've been doing this for so long. I know how to study. Don't think I've been doing this for so long. I know what salvation is. Don't think I've been doing for this so long that nobody could teach me. As a preacher, I have to learn that I don't know everything. And trust me, the more I study, the more I realize that I am a worm in comparison to the information that there is contained within the confines of the scripture of Jesus Christ. When I hear good preachers preach, I have to sit down and like a child, take notes and wonder in the face of God, what have I been doing for 20 years? Be coachable. When my wife has to sit down and tell me, you need to learn how to communicate. And I'm thinking, I communicate every single Sunday with people and I think I'm doing a good job. Yet I can't do a good job at home. Be coachable. That's number one. If you don't mind, number two, be consistent. Now here's the problem, the the blessing and the curse. Guys, could I get three more minutes of your time? Could you stay with me? Could you stay locked in for three minutes? Could I get three minutes from you? Stay locked in. I haven't said, not, not once yet, I'm, I'm done, right? I haven't said that. But I want you to know if you give me three minutes, I hope to be done. So just stay locked in with me. There is a blessing and, and, and curse with consistency. Because here's the funny thing about exercising. If, you, if your form is off, once the, the, the weight is manageable enough, you will see some type of benefit from even a poor form. So you could be doing good things with poor form and see some type of benefit, but you'll only see the true benefit when you consistently do good things good. So be consistent. But sometimes we consistently do good things poorly. So he says be coachable, but also be consistent. Could I give you the third one? Keep your concentration. Hmm. Keep your concentration. Watch the face of the man in the picture. When you have to push a certain amount of weight, you don't have time to be thinking about what's going to happen tomorrow. Mm -mm. When you have to pick that weight up, And I'm glad he has somebody behind him. I'm I'm glad Wilson was here. But when you're alone on the bench, and there are times when you're going to be alone on the bench, when you have to push the weight of life up off of your chest, 
You can't focus on what he is saying about you and what she is saying about you. Listen, when we come to service, it's not about what's going on around us. You have to be so focused on pushing that praise out to God. But we find ourselves focused on everything else and we fail to recognize that when we're pushing the weight of life, when we're pushing the weight of faithfulness, I'm telling you, we have to stay so locked in and stay so concentrated. Why else do people walk away from church when it is something goes amiss? Why? Because we're focused on the wrong things. So he says, keep your concentration. Because when it's time to push real weight... The people who push real weight recognize they don't have time for confusion. Yes, I wish I had a chance. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The people who push real weight yes, sir. recognize they don't have time for gossip. Yes, sir. Gossip is for the people who are pushing five pounds and they push it, they push it like this. Gossip is for the people who don't have much weight to push and, and so they have the time to look around. <laughs> How you doing, Ryan? <laughs> That type of worldly attitude and behavior is, is for people who don't have true weight to push. Because the people who have true weight to push don't have time to lose focus. Amen. So push the weight of your family husbands. Push the weight of your family wives. Push the weight of your family kids. Push the weight of, 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 of this world. Church. And when I say this world, push the responsibilities that we have. We have a way to, sh to share gospel to our lost and dying world, but we're caught up in everything else but sharing the gospel with our lost and dying world. My grandmother used to say, and I'm done, idle hands at the devil's workshop. Fill your hand with godly weight, and you'll realize you don't have time to allow the devil to form and fashion us in his workshop. Look to the person next to you and say, stay locked in. Now look to the person next to you on the other side and say, stay locked in. Church, let's stand. Let's stand as together we sing our song.